Welcome to part one of Health System CIO's podcast interview with Ron Maring, Chief Information Security Officer at Texas Health Resources. In this segment, Maring talks about how his team is managing the myriad security challenges that come from transitioning teams to remote work, the negative consequences that can occur when security concerns aren't addressed, and how partnerships and new interactions have reshaped his team's strategy. Ron, you have been with the organization for about 10 years or almost 10 years? Yeah, almost 10 years. Time sure does fly. Okay. Yeah. So I want to um, start by talking about the elephant in the room, COVID, and how some of the added challenges it has presented from a security standpoint. And um, can you get into kind of what have been some of the key challenges for your team as far as keeping data safe? Well... I think the first thing that comes to mind, we moved a, a lot of our workforce that have been traditionally in office to out of office, remote work. And some of these employees just didn't work from home a lot. So you have this whole, there's the people part of this, and then there's like the technology part, right? So we've always had technology for people to work remotely. But now all of a sudden, in a very short period of time, we decided, we said, hey, we got to get people out of the offices and we need to have them work from home. So now you're, okay, how do we do that really fast? How do we do training really fast? How do we give people the right tips and techniques to work from home? How do we ensure that even outside of the technology, you know, when things come up, Hey, I used to print in the office. I can't print anymore. Well, yeah, we need to teach yeah. you a new way to handle documents now. So let's, let's right. show you how to do that electronically instead of you printing it off and reading it. Now you got to do it on your computer screen. So it's like those little things that became like yeah. bigger, right? So it's the things that traditional, especially like IT people, where we work from anywhere. And so we're very accustomed to being, being able to move around and just work. Not everyone is able to do that. So immediately you have to start yeah. thinking a little bit differently, become a lot more empathetic to people who don't know how to work from home Yeah, sure. when they don't know how that's what creates like the security problems, right? They, yeah. they don't know how to solve something without number one, people are not around to help them with everything, right? They now have to figure out a new way to get help. So they're using Skype yeah. and now we're moved to teams. And so we had new technologies. We've inserted into this to help people work remotely, be more efficient and more secure at the same time. And we had to give them, training and tips and all those type of things that go along with it. So once again, even the physical stuff, we had to say, yeah, don't, you can't just print stuff off and keep a whole drawer full of protected health information. Don't do that in your house. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And then as far as things like fishing and preventing against that, was that something that, that changed when, um, the, when the workforce went remote or what was that like? You know, to be very honest, what changed is some of the threat stuff changed, the things that were kind of external to the workforce. You know, we had some very bad people generating COVID-themed emails and things like right. that that, you know, were not helpful. But the, the exposure that we had, I don't think it really shifted our, our risk profile all that much. We did a lot of training before. We have a large anti-phishing program. We're always testing our employees. We're communicating with them off, uh, all the time. We didn't see like a major uptick. Our, we trended about the same on kind of our yeah. testing and 
even attacks that did kind of make it through the wickets and get to an inbox, we didn't see like a massive upward trend of compromises or anything like that. So, so that was good. That was really good news yeah. um, for us, I think. Of course. So the, the training that you really were focused on, what was the strategy for, for doing that? Because I'm sure that it's trickier once you have all these people in different places now. Yeah, the first thing you, you got to have is number one, relationships matter, right? Especially yeah. it becomes more important when you're kind of displaced people to work remotely. Before, like I said, they used to be in the office, they could ask like their cube mate a question or they could, their managers right down the hallway, or maybe there is even an IT person in the area, they could ask a quick question or a security coordinator around, they could ask a question to. Now all of a sudden they had to figure out, okay, now how, how do I ask these questions? So that was like the first thing that kind of had to be uh, worked out. But the relationships matter. We already had good, strong relationships within all of our departments and at our hospital and clinic entities where we had a lot of IT people and they're there to answer questions. So our goal was to make sure those folks that usually answer those questions for the workforce uh, in these different departments and entities, uh, they, they had the information where they could effectively answer these questions. So it really made a difference already having, like you said, these good relationships in place and um, oh, yeah. good processes, it seems. Oh, yeah. And by the way, nothing's perfect, right? So the security team just have to be ready and available to answer and field these questions pretty quickly. You don't want, I always tell the teams, you don't want people sitting around too long with the security question. The first thing, number one, it's going to frustrate them and it's probably stopping them from doing some work. So let's not do that. The second thing yeah. is eventually, if you leave it there long enough, the workforce member might feel that they have to get it done anyway. And that's when the workarounds start. And we don't want them to work around the security controls. So we want to keep the friction and the security processes as minimal as possible, right? You want it kind of easy to use. And um, not that all security processes are easy to use, (laughs) but you want to kind of reduce the friction so people don't feel the need they have to start working around those things because they're maybe they're feeling pressure. They have to get work done. They have to emergency due date to have to get like this this one thing done and the security process is standing in their way right you never want to be that process oh yeah of course (laughs) (laughs) so it's all about reducing friction in those processes communicating those first line people who can answer the query and can help them solution their problems and escalate if it's a really big problem an escalation can occur so maybe a deeper solution needs to be created, a more complex solution needs to be created for the end user. Because that happens, right? You might, have, you might have a department that you sent out and realized, wow, we really broke all their processes. We're going to have to figure something out here. Um, right, right. We, didn't, we didn't really come across that, but we had to be prepared to handle it. Yeah, sure. And, and I would imagine that there was a lot going on inside the hospitals as far as uh, you know, setting up new areas or even outside of the hospital, setting up the drive-throughs and, and tents. And did that create uh, security challenges or was it something where you just had to, or you had kind of an approach and, and went in and did it? Well, you had to knuckle down and solution it, right? You have this emergency sitting in front of you and and we have our executive leadership team, which is they organize really well around emergencies like this. They're really good at it. 
So they bring the people together, the right people together, especially if it needs to be handled, let's say at a system level, something like, so let's say you're setting up external intake points for the hospital um, because you're going to get a mass of people coming in to the hospital. So you might set up these outside tents and whatnot to do triage work. So what we did is we solutioned a standard with the system to say, if we're going to do this, and we, we did set up tents, thankfully they weren't used all that often, but we, we did solution a standard. So if anyone needed to deploy that, they knew exactly what was going to happen. There are twofold, two reasons. Number one, the hospital leadership, they're the ones who are going to feel all the pain. When you have an intake yeah. point, like a, an ED just flooded um, they're going to the ones feel the pain. So they just, they just want, this is their solution. So you have to be there for them. And so we wanted to make that a little bit easy on them to say, look, here's the standard. If you want it, here's what we're going to set up for you. And that way, if everybody agreed on that basic standard, although there might be some subtle differences depending on the physical placement, the networking, your medical device staff, your entity IT staffs kind of knew what they needed to execute very quickly. And they could do it in a bit of a decentralized way. They didn't need to come back to the mothership to ask for approval for every little thing that they were doing out there. They just kind of knew this is what we're going to execute. And that's the way you want it. What you don't want is to have everything to kind of come, every little change involved with those type of emergency actions to have to come back to some central point for approval. So you, you want to give them a standard to work from. And if they have to work outside of that standard, then they kind of come back. But otherwise, you kind of let them go and say, this is what we're going to execute. Hopefully, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, it does. Seems like that was what really needed to happen up front was setting up this standard for, for how this is going to go and what, what steps need to be followed. And of course, there's changes in some places, but it seems like it, it makes sense to do it that way. And I always say, I mean, hospitals are actually pretty good at this, right? It's, it's probably more important as a systems person like me to get out of the way a little bit because they're really good at handling that. I mean, they deal with, with things every day, right? And this is just yeah. one more thing, although kind of massive and has an impact to the entire health system. But uh, they're really good at handling their areas. So just develop a standard, something that they can latch on to, that those leaders at the hospital level can say, okay, yes, IT a solution for me. It's going to be secure. Good. They have it. Now I know from an IT perspective, that's going to be managed. Because there's obviously other considerations, just facility considerations and physical security considerations. All that stuff comes into that as well. Right. So kind of taking, taking a step back, with the organization since 2011, so I, I can imagine that information security has seen some changes since then. So I just wanted to talk about kind of how it's evolved and whether there was any kind of like deliberate restructuring or, or things have just kind of, like I said, evolved over the years. Well, I think we've been going through some kind of incremental evolution. And I would just say is we built the program, we took the current program, we kind of evolved it a little bit. And I would just say, I think we kept up with the problem statements that, you know, whatever it is, a lot of phishing things and things, all the things you hear about in the news. And there's been different types of breaches over the years. Um, and mm -hmm. I think we caught up with those things. We maintain pace with them. Um, cool. We are transitioning though. Now, I think there is an inflection point that's occurred over the past two years. And you see a lot of healthcare systems kind of feeling the inflection point now. I would say, you know, a lot of, a lot of CISOs like myself, we're, we're all kind of starting to feel the inflection point, the need to probably make 
a more deliberate change into something else, the programs have to kind of go through a next major version evolution, right? We've been doing minor versions mm -hmm. for probably the past yeah. 10 years. And I would think most CISOs would agree with that. Um, I don't think they would disagree. I think what we're seeing is within the healthcare over the past couple of years is that there's this been these, these new interactions forming. And yeah. many healthcare systems like us have a clinically integrated network where we partnered with other, like other health systems or education systems, like in our case, it's UT Southwestern, which we formed Southwestern Health Resources, which is a clinically integrated network. And there's a lot of things going on there be between that University of Texas Southwestern and us. So there's a lot of interaction and, and a central kind of a company that's formed around all of that. And so that's one example. And then you have a lot of joint ventures, right? You have a lot of extended yeah. partnerships. Um, as you move into the, the different markets, in our case, it's one large market, the DFW area. But, and I think all healthcare systems are the same, are distributing technology out further into the company where, you know, years and years ago, we used to have distributed technology and we all considered it a bad thing. So we centralized, yeah. years we centralized all the technology and security functions, right? Well, yeah. we're now going back to where we're moving it all back out again. But right, right. <laughs> we're doing it a little bit differently. We call it different things. We're calling it digital. We're calling it consumer. It depends on where you're at and what healthcare systems you're at. We call it our consumer-focused uh, strategy um, has an underpinning, a digital underpinning. And that in itself is creating new stakeholders in the realm of IT. No longer is the CIO the sole IT stakeholder. And yeah. with that kind of changes the way the security program has to run. All of a sudden you're doing a lot of shared control assignments into the enterprise where you now you have different stakeholders but now with different security responsibilities so that they have an ad. Yeah. Regulations are maturing now. Um, they're becoming a little bit more, I would just say, relevant. We'll have to see how what that looks like over the next five to probably 10 years. But I think what we're going to see is a better, probably a regulatory framework that's much more well, two things. One, I think it'll be more relevant to what actually is going on in the healthcare industry. And yeah. um, number two, it'll probably come with regulations that are much more rational. We'll still be stringent, but we'll be more rational. And we see that with like the interoperability regulation and that okay. has security and privacy components with it. So we'll see that internal and external threats are going to start to really surpass our current model of protection because they're going to speed up. And of course, all these things are kind of coming in together. At Texas Health, we kind of put it in two piles in the way we presented it to our executive leadership team. It's kind of like the red pill, blue pill, if you ever watch The Matrix. Yep. It's like you can either kind of become a much more proactive and consumer-focused security program, or you can probably get left a little bit behind and, and either stay where you're at and probably will turn you into a much more, even more than you are today, reactive and much more internally focused. So, and there's a real choice to be made there because if you don't make those choices, these are all going to set up design choices. They're going to set up how you retool policy in the enterprise, how you view risk in the enterprise changes by becoming proactive and consumer focused uh, versus reactive internally focused. So they really put you in these kind of different piles here, although they're not perfect. I think there's always a level of reactiveness. When you don't know something and something bad happens, you're being reactive. But the idea yeah. is that you want to be 
more in front of it. At us, we're calling it our adaptive risk program. And we're transitioning and uplifting over the next three to five years. I haven't done a really long-term horizon planning around the program in many years. Most of the time I'm working year to year. I haven't done a three-year yeah. since like 2011. And from right, that, right. I've just been doing yearly maintenance, if you will, plans. Like, hey, we just need to do these next things. But now I'm doing a, a full three to five-year plan to say, look, in five years from now, this is what probably that threat environment is going to look like. And if we're doing what we're doing today, then we're going to have an enormity of problems. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.